The form of this might be a bit of an experiment. So it's recording now. Eric is recording. I'm going to avoid legal sounds by telling you that you're being recorded. I guess we're not both in New Jersey anymore. I don't actually know what the, like, consent law in Massachusetts is, or New York, I guess. Oh, yeah. We should probably find out. <laughs> That's true. Um, Hopefully it's been full. But... Well, I mean... <laughs> yes, but... Sometimes it's useful for it to be single party, you know, for art reasons. Like adding um, people to that like, let's... <clears throat> <clears throat> Having, well, Kathleen and I are doing that actually for print job right now, and we're having, uh, we're adding people, but we're going to have like a very prominent unsubscribe button, like for at least the first few, but that probably... And we'll definitely have an unsubscribe button in all of them, but like, just like, call it out yeah. a bit more. Ones. I think that's the right way to do it. Or like, the only thing you can do in the email is unsubscribe. Uh, what do you mean the only thing you can do? Uh, like, it's just a giant, the, the content of it is just a giant unsubscribe button. <laughs> that would be kind of great, actually. I could see that being a performance art project where you just like, um, brute force like every email address and like send <laughs> send them this email yeah where's that file on like gdpr because it's technically telling them that they can unsubscribe yeah that's true <laughs> the subject line can just be like we're excited to announce that we've updated our privacy policy <laughs> we found a loophole yeah um, anyway, we were just talking about, I guess, nostalgia, um, and the difference between nostalgia, like, just for itself, but, like, some kind of actual, like, I don't know, uh, oh, yeah. They're thinking about old media that doesn't just because like yeah. nostalgia is tricky because it's subjective because it things that are nostalgic for us aren't nostalgic for people who are like slightly younger or slightly older than us. Right. It was like with rinse. Yeah, like you were saying, like like uh, with RuneScape, like they made a fork of an old version and it's now like super still still pretty popular, right? Yeah. Um, I think what I heard is that old school RuneScape, which is the 2007 fork, is like growing faster than the main game, which is oh, uh, really? uh, so, so two, both versions of the game are running right now. Yeah, they're both by, by um that company. Yeah. Um, oh wow! Oh, that's interesting. It's super interesting, and they've added new content to the 2007 version that isn't present in main RuneScape, so they basically forked it and, like, developed them as their own games. Um, oh my god, I'm on that website, and it's, like, the old website, too. Yeah, exactly, yeah, right? You recognize it, for sure. Got the uh, old, like, I don't know, 
Yeah, no, this is currently sixty-two thousand people playing. Wow. Yeah, it's fascinating. So like I hadn't seen like the main RuneScape game in a super long time, and then I looked this summer, and it's full of microtransactions and like um, much more resembles like a conventional MMO. Like they have this. Uh, new combat system that's like hotkey based which is kind of like most games and it was oh, super yeah. controversial apparently like some people think it ruined the game um, oh wow and so like that's one of the things that like the, oh, wow. the forked yeah. version is going to try to never do and all of the changes in the forked version get pulled to the community and has to pass with a 75% yes to get implemented which is fascinating like what? Mm. What company will make their product decisions based on a community vote every time? Like that's incredible, actually. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, that's crazy. So I guess yeah, my my thought with all this was like it can't be just nostalgia. Like that's yeah. getting people like old school because uh, there's there's got to be something like specific to that like the like philosophy of that time period that is yeah. now from what we have <coughs> yeah i think one thing that i just noticed also that fits into that thing is like the old website says like that there's currently 62,000 people playing yeah. and then the new website the most prominent thing is 264,000 million accounts created. Oh, yeah. Like that tracking of metrics. That's really interesting. Hold on, give me one second. Yeah. Right oh, okay. Well, I guess it's just you and me, IFF listener. Yeah, I don't really have anything to say. I can hear a clock in Eric's room ticking over his microphone. Looking at that accounts created metric two, and actually, like it starts out saying over two hundred thousand or uh, no two hundred million, sorry. Um, yeah. And and then like once the page finishes loading all of its like bloated JavaScript, it updates to like I guess the actual number, which yeah. right now is like two sixty four, three seventy one, four seventy five. Um, 
And you're right. That's so telling. Like that must be the different, the difference in like how they think about like their success metrics. Yeah. Like, accounts created like means nothing because most of them are probably bots. Yeah. Which means they're probably kind of ashamed of their like monthly active, active users. Well, it actually says at the very top, 84,000 online, but it's like so much less prominent, um, than like the big number. Like you don't really see that right away. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's super like, one of them is like more of a brag, the other is more inclusive in a way. Yeah. I like that count though, because it kind of reminds me of like hit counters in yeah. like thousands. Yeah. But like, it's like, why, why was a hit counter popular, for example? Or like, good question. Like, why? Yeah, I'm curious, like, why certain things. I think, took yeah. My theory about hit counters is that, like, it made you feel like you were visiting a place that other people also visited. Like, it was like a social kind of communal indicator. Like, it indicated the presence of other people, which made the internet more interesting. Uh, That's interesting. That's like a pre-social network, social network. Sorry, the audio got weird. It's like a pre-social network, social network. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's really interesting. I was also gonna like bring up this point with RuneScape, like, and with Flash games, like, they're, um, I've been kind of interested in how, um, tools will often shape, um, outcomes or output. Yeah. So, like, Recently, I was converting a PowerPoint to a InDesign mm-hmm. slideshow, and I was like, you know, it's so obvious that like a PowerPoint slideshow was made in PowerPoint, and it's also kind of obvious like how like an InDesign slideshow was made in InDesign too. I think because mm-hmm. like the grid systems are completely different, the typography is different. I can't hear your audio anymore. No. Uh, oh, I think you're back. Okay. <clears throat> Hear me now? Yes. Okay, that was... Where, when did I start cutting out? Um, I don't know. Did you hear me talking about like PowerPoint and InDesign? Yeah, you started talking about converting PowerPoint to InDesign, and then you didn't get very far, and then you cut off. Oh. <clears throat> Basically, I was just saying like each tool has like a certain set of behaviors that um, operate in a certain way to um, to guide. It's like it's like an opinionated programming language, but it's like an opinionated tool where. There are a lot of decisions are made for you for convenience in order to um, make it easier to get to a certain outcome. Um, 
And that's like the same with uh, like perfect like with iOS and Android. Mm-hmm. Like different like Apple wants you to follow certain paradigms, so they make it really easy for you to implement some things, whereas it's really difficult to do anything custom where that isn't built into the OS in terms of like yeah. transitions. Mm-hmm. Um and so then like I was thinking, well like there's something similar with like potentially with RuneScape and Flash games where like Flash potentially allowed for um, certain paradigms um, and encourage certain behavior that we no longer see because Flash is deprecated. Mm-hmm. And so like we're basically losing entire modes of gameplay or like interaction mm-hmm. through, the, through the evolution of tools. Yeah, interesting. I mean, there's definitely, like, a couple of distinct genres of games that were really popular in the Flash medium, right? Yeah. Like, the kind where you're, like, looking overhead and, like, you, like, wherever your mouse is is where your character is facing, and, like, you click and you just, like, like spam bullets out. Um, yeah, or, like, or, um... Do you remember um, the the Impossible game? Oh yeah, the the rhythm one. You mean or the like, questions one? The questions one. Okay, because when I hear that, there there's the questions one, and there's also the like one where you're like jumping over spikes, and it just keeps going. Oh hard. wait, I remember that one too. Yeah. No, it's the Impossible game quiz to like. Where it's like, da-da-da, da-da-da. Right. And, like, because you had to read the questions and, like, take them very literally or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. And then the way that you actually, like, got past one of the questions was that you had to actually Mm right-click so that your mouse was hovering over the flash about info dialog box Mm. in order to advance to the next level. Oh, Yeah. So that actually there incorporates, was, yeah. Totally. And there was, like, a thing uh, where you had to, like, get your mouse out of the window, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could, like, move it around to the other side without, like... Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, you know, something like that. Like, it's still possible today, but it's just, like, something that, you know, you would have to implement and come up with yourself rather than be, like... Oh, this technology does it, or this tool does it, so we're going to like play with it or like use that as part of the game. Yeah. Um, do you remember um, the buddy game, like the buddy where you could like this is like the buddy, and then you like do stuff to it. I don't remember this. Was this like, on like mini clip or? Uh, buddy. It, it was like this. Circle interact. I think it was just called interactive buddy. Uh huh. That where sounds where would, so familiar. Where you would just like you could like throw them a lot of <coughs> cocktail at it. Oh yeah! Wait, I just googled it and I totally. Yeah. yeah, I think I saw this on like Newgrounds. Yeah, it's like where you like you uh, yeah you get money from like hurting it right. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm like playing with the game right now, 
um, from like a menu, even like the menu bar. That's like a default flash menu bar too. Yeah, totally. Um, remember like animator versus animation? Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, the default menus are interesting because, like. Flash has a set of defaults, and then JavaScript's set of defaults are just whatever the browser implements. Yeah. And of course, like, Java Swing has its own defaults, too, which I guess... RuneScape probably overwrote those, but... Oh, um. uh, yeah. That's... Dude, I'm... You remember LineWriter, right? Yeah. I'm just... I'm on the website right now, and it's totally material designify. Uh, where is it? Uh, LineWriter.com. The the material designed line writer. Wow, that's totally the material button. Yeah. What if you heck? click on it, click on it, it's like the material ink. Dude. Like if you click on the hamburger. Yeah. Oh my god, all these like icons too. Those are the material IO icons. Okay, I was gonna say when you're talking about iOS and Android, like then what do you think about like material? Like material design for iOS or what? And MDC, MDC iOS. Yeah. Design components. Because like that's explicitly kind of uh -huh. like pushing against the like, platform specific yeah. language to implement like a standardized one across like whatever like all mobile platforms. Theoretically, <laughs> that's the that's the party line anyway, but. Yeah. I mean, I don't really think I have a, an opinion. <laughs> I think it's more like an observation that yeah. tools lead to invisible design decisions that should be explored or brought to attention. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, like a material design. Like, you know that late, at least material design one. You know that led to a very specific <coughs> type of layout or design that was like very sparse, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's like the constraint of that somehow leads to like this like aesthetic material design that. You know, Google became aware of and tried to move, like, tried to introduce more um, options with Material Design 2, right? I guess so, you know. Or they tried to, at least. You brought up, like, SNES earlier, right? Um, what? Like, the uh, uh, yeah, Super yeah. Nintendo? Yeah. I was thinking about how, like, when you were talking about, I guess, like, tool-specific, um, like, I don't know, 
whatever you want to call them, side effects or mm-hmm. like aesthetic decisions. Um, <clears throat> how that whole like, uh, like Japanese RPG genre uses kind of the same menus and like same systems across like Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger, mm-hmm. like Secret of Mana. Um, they all have like the action bars at the bottom, and you like go right. through the use. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I wonder, like, because <coughs> I have a suspicion that, like, a lot of this stuff is kind of constrained by, like, the memory of the um, system, too, right? Right. So, like, um, I don't know, this way of, like, factoring out the... I don't know, I have to think about it more, but, like, yeah. separating out the battle states from, like, what the characters are means that you can kind of just, like, point everything to everything else instead of duplicating mm-hmm. things in memory. I don't know. Um, no, like, reusing sprites, for example. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, <coughs> I'm, you know, I'm just like, <coughs> thinking about, like... Like, like, what was, like, before Unity? Even Unity is, like, lends itself to a certain type of, like, game design. But, like, before Unity, when there was, like, I don't remember what the tools were, but, like, where you would, like, use stripes and, like, you would, like, act, just, like, work. Um, and, like, they're just very constraining game design tools. Like, yeah, where you would make a map in a grid. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, maps. I remember, like... Um, there's, like, whole file formats for, like, tile editors and stuff, right? For, like... Mm, yeah. For- Maps, and then you're referring to like sprite maps, where like mm-hmm. all the stuff is just kind of like been packed onto one image, right? And right. Like, yeah. <clears throat> That's so interesting. Because um, then, then you'd have like walk cycles for characters, and like every frame would kind of have to be like next to each other on the sprite map for efficiency, right? Right. Yeah. Um, That's actually how uh, the Span, uh, remember the Span LA, or the, when I worked on Span, the animations in the background? That's actually how the animations worked, where it was this giant SVG sprite map. Holy crap. Instead of an SVG animation, it'd be like, it wouldn't be tweening mm-hmm. between, like the tw- points would be tweening, would not be tweening, but actually like, the entire, like, the entire animation was, like, this massive SVG, and it would be training between them. Wow. That's cool. So it was, like, training the paths between, like, each successive, uh... Oh, sorry, it wasn't tweening, it was just <laughs> the viewport of the SVG. Oh, wow, so literally... Damn. Yeah, literally, like, a sprite map, or, like, basically what that was doing, like, the walk cycle. 
That's so interesting. That's cool. I like that website. Yeah. I don't know how they did the uh, Spin 2017 ones, but like, <laughs> I think it involved a ton of masks or. Uh, or yeah. Um, that that makes me think though, because there's a really distinctive aesthetic of like. You know, like the character standing animation where it's like they're like this and then they're like this and it just like cycles between those two. Like, uh, or they're bobbing up and down. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. like two frames and it's every like second ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it goes that fast because that's probably like the maximum tick rate of the game engine. Like mm-hmm. every state update happens on a tick and then, um, it's like limited by how fast it can like update everything, I guess. Yeah. I I wish Drew were here because I feel like he would actually know what he was talking about, as opposed to like I'm kind of just like <laughs> guessing from having played a lot of games and like sort of written code, but like um I mean this is plausible what you're saying. Yeah, and like that's so funny because I don't know. <laughs> to like go back to runescape because the the tick speed for that game is like pretty slow because mm. it's like the old like 2000 whatever java right engine that they're running and like um it's actually kind of jarring like uh, oh that's interesting yeah and It's interesting how, because, like, on, like, I don't know, like, a Game Boy or whatever, like, when you're playing Pokemon and you're walking, right? Because, like, it's pretty obvious when the ticks are happening because, like, you're you're walking and then your walk takes, like, a tick. And then it kind of, like, does the, like, the walk animation frames in between to kind of smooth it over. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, whenever you start and stop walking, like, it'll... Like, there's a feeling of, like, it's starting and stopping, right? Um, it's right. Like kind of, like, on on the tick. Um, and where am I going with this? Um, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Yeah. Um, I... <coughs> I'm reminded of also like early Minecraft. Yeah. Um, back before it became really popular. Um, and Microsoft bought it. Like early when it was in alpha. Yeah. Like, you know, time moved in the game mm-hmm. based upon, uh, it was calculated using ticks, right? Mm-hmm. So everything in the game was based on ticks and like people would, um, come up with uh, uh have you played the game before minecraft yeah yeah so you know redstone yeah uh, people would create inventions that took advantage of how tips worked in the game in order for the redstone circuits to work right what's an example of that um like a clock circuit like a five five like there's like a specific circuit that you could make in re- with redstone torches that would create a repeating loop oh yeah yeah i've heard of people making entire like computer architectures yeah right and all of that happens like 
based upon like a tick. But then also like um, the one thing that I really liked about Minecraft, or like I thought was really interesting, is that like it's super obvious how the game works. Uh, it used to be super obvious how the game worked yeah. and how things were stored. Like the idea of chunks, mm-hmm. which are like these dirty sixty-four by sixty-four by however tall mm-hmm. the map was. Like that's how the game was stored, like in chunks. Yeah. And like there could be there were these things like chunk errors where a chunk would get corrupted, and then you'd wow. lose that chunk. And then like people like like and then like now that like in like a certain radius from where you originally spawned um defined by chunks like there's a different behavior and people would often create um yeah so like for example like and this is getting super into the weeds but like it's really interesting like like mob farming uh-huh. um somebody discovered that um when, when <coughs> that um when you go really far away when you're traveling no matter where you are on the map, there is a certain rate amount of chunks uh, that uh, around where you originally spawn that will constantly be in memory and not thrown away, like mm-hmm. not discarded. Yeah. So people realize that the best place to put a chunk a mob farm is directly where you can spawn. So that way, even when you're traveling around the world. Like the mob farming will still happen because the chunks are being kept in active memory rather than being discarded and reloaded when you get when you be, get close to it. So it's like taking like these, like yeah, it's like basically it's like taking advantage of how something works to your advantage or like make like working with that. That's fascinating. Um. Which is just to say, like, you know, I like that because it makes an invisible system visible in a totally. different way. I think yeah. that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, that that's where my mind was going, too. I really like that idea of making the workings of the system visible. Like, yeah. the fact that Minecraft, by design, kind of exposes its inner structure. Like, that's awesome. Um the linked by air ICALA website, I think. Um, mm-hmm. The one that exposes its CMS to the front end. Um, like, not editable, but yeah. uh, like you can see like exactly how the data was entered and structured. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And it has the same kind of interface as like presumably what the people who manage the website are using to edit <coughs> the the content, um, which is to say it looks like linked by our CMS. Oh, wow. I, <coughs> that's really fascinating. Yeah. I really like that kind of... I don't even think transparency is the right word for it. It's just that, like, you start with the the structure and then, like, the representation of it is almost, like, inevitable from that because you're not doing anything to try to obscure it. Right. 
Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I was trying to propose with the website for uh, that thing that Lockheed wanted to do. Oh, where about? Like, yeah, like the, our hardcore version. Don't, let's not summon him again. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you know, having it. I hope he's not listening to this. Yeah. What are the chances, though? Sorry, I feel bad that we haven't replied to your email. Okay, I've covered us. Okay. Um, you know, but like, you know, like, what I was interested with that proposing, like, of using, like, no CSS and just the default, like, but, like, using HTML meta tags, like, the way they were supposed to be using instead of just divs everywhere. Um, and, like, using, like, the default rendering, or the, the default CSS of the browser. Yeah. Like, is interesting because, um, you're using one common markup language that reveals how each browser chooses to, um, how each browser chooses to render and display things that mm-hmm. don't have formatting. Like, so, like, Safari, Firefox, Chrome, Opera, I don't know. Like, all, like, will, like, represent a button differently. Yeah. Um, and by choosing to, like, not have any CSS, you're basically saying, like, you're trying to reveal, like, the inner workings or, or like, the design decisions of the browser, in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that gets into, like, interesting observations about, like, accessibility, as an example. Like, totally. um, how much of it is, like, should a web browser decide to be, um, <clears throat> should a web browser support, like, try to be as accessible, make content as accessible as possible without any formatting by the designer or developer? Question mark. You know what I mean? Uh, there's this game, um, do you know, have I talked about Stuart Smith before? Um, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, he, like, worked for David before grad school. Yeah. Um, he made this game, he made Pong, but with, but instead of using any, like, but, like, for the paddles and for the ball, he used... A web browser. <clears throat> or through web browser windows. Uh. Oh. Um. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, was, like, let me just see if I can find a link to it. Yeah, that thing about, like. Right. Browser yeah. defaults is so interesting, though, because, like. It's actually kind of absurd. It's like an absurd way to do the internet, right? Like, every server sends out the same markup, and then, like, browsers can just do whatever they want with it, right? There's actually, um, do you know this, like, do you know Jody? This art group, I think, or person? I think group. 
Jody. They have a project called Wrong Browser. Mm-hmm. Um, let me look it up real quick. So I was just like trying to remember the name of this thing for the past like no worries. entire minute, which is why I spaced out for a second. Um, oh my god! Even like looking at Stuart's old website is so interesting um, because the social media URLs include StumbleUpon, Twitter, Delicious, Dig, wow. Dig and Facebook. Oh my god. That's like not what I would include now, for example. And it's like the old stumble upon logo too. What a time. Are you sending something to me? Yeah, sorry. I'm still looking for, like... Okay. Uh... I don't... I think their site is maybe down, but I'll send you this, which has a picture of it. Also, browser pawn I'm looking at now. Yeah. There's a video of that, but turn your sound down. Oh, rip. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow, God, it's funny. What is going? What is this? Wrong browser. Yeah. Oh my God, I feel like I'm gonna explain it wrong, but I I found out about this when Alexander Galloway gave a talk at Princeton. Um, it like I think the idea is that it just like entirely breaks the social contract of a browser like like I'm going to request a file and you the browser are going to display it as graphic design <laughs> um, right and it just like doesn't do that uh, um, and it does something else instead that I'm not really sure what it is but it just like takes the markup and fucks it up like I, I think if you just google image search wrong browser Jody yeah you'll get a sense it's like glitchy and stuff, but it uses the original markup. Mm. <clears throat> That's really interesting. Yeah. Because it like, I'm reminded of all the, uh, fuck, I just downloaded something to my computer from that website. <coughs> Um, I, I guess what I'm trying to, what does it say? 
Fuck, I literally just forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Wrong browser. Oh. There's like, um. Yeah, I guess like. Um, in one of the, like, mock ups that we saw, like, there was like the use of header tag, like, HTML meta tags for, um, for displaying like information, so it was like meta title is that, and like they had the brackets. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like it was in one of the mockups that we that she sent us. Uh, I don't remember what was this. It's in one of the folders. In the mockup folder. Uh, it's not in the mockup folder. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. It... I'll send you. Oh, I had a thought about, like, I mean, we can talk about this after, after the iPhone. We can just talk about it now. I don't know. Kind of a digression. Yeah. I'd be interested. But, like, look at, look at the thing I sent you. This is, like, a screenshot of, uh... See, at the top, it, how, like... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> <coughs> Like, you yeah. know, that's actually, like, what it tries to do is very similar to what Economy is doing in the ICA LA website. Totally. Yeah, it's like the kind of vertical accordion um, is kind of the structure of, like, yeah. XML and HTML inherently. But I think I'm more convinced by the ICA LA one because it's a functional CMS as well. Yeah. Like, and I think that's important, is that it's, like, a functional tool that is actually being used. Yeah, whereas the one in your screenshot is, like, kind of gesturing at the syntax of HTML, but it's, like, clearly fake. Right, and I think that's an important distinction. Yeah. It's like those cringy ads you see on the subway, like, trying to recruit coders, but they were made by a marketing agency, and there's, like, some weird pseudocode that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You dot like solving hard problems. Us dot hire. <laughs> Isn't there like all the Jane Street ads or something? Yeah, which is terrible because I assume they're a legitimate technology company. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> um, presumably with engineers, uh, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's interesting. I, I, this is actually kind of similar to my other thought earlier, which was um, one of the example sites that she liked. Uh, let me just send it to you. Um, uh, sorry, this is going to take me. There's so many things in this folder. There's a file called goodsites.rtf. Sorry, Thea. Uh, that is literally just old.org.org.org.com, <laughs> <laughs> or, or um, and that's the entire file. I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So one of the links she sent was this, um, and yeah. I like this website, but it also looks like a lot of websites I've seen, and I think. Um, the structure of it is really nice, but uh, what it made me think about was, so like the way it works is there's the left <coughs> navigation, 
which is like the top of a tree. And then you click on one of these and like there's an accordion or whatever, but you go into one and then the second column is kind of like layer two of the tree. And then the third column is the third, like it's mm. the, like there's a clear hierarchy, right? Um, mm-hmm. And actually, I think for Fia's website, we were talking about, um, like, I don't think the right stru- tree is the right structure. We were talking about archaeology, right? And we were talking yeah. about like, archaeological layers. Um, and I saw how in the folder, if you go into in the Dropbox, if you go into her, like, uh, what is it? Like, I don't know, her her images work folder. Um, yeah. It's all organized by year, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, like, some years with a lot of stuff and some years where there's nothing. Like, there's no 2012 folder. Mm. Like, I don't know what happened in 2012. I'm sorry uh, if uh, there's, like, some external reason for that. But, um, like, yeah. um, (coughs) And that's all really fascinating, right? I think, like, (coughs) the right structure is kind of, like, um, something that has, like these like layers that are buried but everything within the layer is kind of flat and like not a hierarchy so if we had like a giant vertical accordion for her entire site that was like most recent year at the top oldest thing at the bottom you open one thing of the accordion and like everything is just kind of like side to side in there like i think that would be more appropriate navigation wise what do you mean even side to side like inside the accordion, like it's like a carousel, or there's not really like a kind of strong hierarchical thing going on. Uh, mm. <coughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I was also like, that's my pitch. As you were saying that, I was also kind of interested in like how each year is accompanied by a certain, you know, each year is also like trying to capture a certain cultural zeitgeist, right? Um, I think there's something interesting in that. Like, sorry, so what I'm saying is like, because there's so many years of work and there's like this, like I'm kind of curious, like, if a more recent year so look like a more recent website mm-hmm. and then an older year should look like an older website or maybe that's like two on the nose yeah i really i like that um and it could just be like a css yeah like different css <clears throat> i feel like we briefly hinted at that idea last call but i don't really like set it out i think that'd be really cool um, I think, yeah, there's just, like, a matter of it not being too, too like, again, too on the nose. Yeah. Um, I think there's some kind of smart in that approach. Um, one thing that I was, I keep going back to, and I've mentioned this, I think, for another project, is the is media wiki. Um, uh, Oh, yeah. Which is the soft, it's like the open source software that, that, that runs Wikipedia and a lot of like the open wiki stuff. 
mm-hmm. that we see around the internet. Um, and I guess like one reason why I like it is because of how transparent it is. Mm-hmm. Um, like you really like anyone can go and see the version history of a certain page and its history. Mm-hmm. And you can view certain, like you can view the page at a certain time in history. Ooh. Which is, you know, this is like all these are w- features of Wikipedia, right? Yeah. Um. So like, <clears throat> page. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, the old link by air t- site too. Like, uh, you could see who had edited each page last. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think Yeah, yeah. But yeah, sorry. Uh, keep like, going. Look at the, like, for example, I ju- I'm sending you um, the website, the Wikipedia entry for Spoon um, <laughs> from April 7th. So this is like a version of the page yeah. at that specific point in time. <clears throat> And then there's like this page here, which is one level up, which lets you do a diff of pages. And then, you know, like the way it looks like and the way it operates looks like a git diff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is really great. I remember we talked about versioning a bit in like one of the previous IFFs too. Yeah. Um, for, uh, Ship of Theseus revision history. Sorry. Wait, sorry, what, you, like, froze for a minute? Oh, um... I think when we were doing, like, I'm Jonathan Zong, do you remember, like, we looked at Ship of Theseus revision history? Like, we looked at that page for the article on Ship of Theseus. Oh, I didn't... No, I didn't... <coughs> I didn't remember the version... That's that's really good. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we, like, did anything with that, but we ended up making the like im.jonathansong site uh, yeah. version control, right? Yeah. But like, I wonder, like, I'm kind of curious if that's like something that's more prominent. Like, I think what's clear is that like the website should probably include something that reveals its inner workings. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever that that is kind of uh whatever that actually exists as like or like is realized as is like definitely unsolved but I think yeah I guess like what's nice about media wiki which not to say that we should use it because it's such a certain aesthetic but yeah um yeah, that like, gives you revision history for free and like saves all these different versions of the website. And you know, that's like also archive.org mm-hmm. does that too. And like, not saying we should because it'd be horrible, but you know, I've, I'm interested, it'd be interesting to see what it'd be like to use to have a website that exists only on archive.org. Like, it oh uses, my god. Like, it'd be horrible because archive.org has really slow servers. Yeah. But the idea is kind of like, you know, using that as a tool for 
Um, yeah. Like, what if it was just, like, one website? That, like, it was only a single-page website? Um, and then the homepage would change depending on, based upon the, the, um, the, the time frame of the work of the website. Mm -hmm. So then, like, for a work that was done in 2013, then when the work was kind of being done or, like, in progress, the homepage would be that work. And then, like, immediately after that, like, the work, the website would scrub all remnants of that work. Except for the fact, except for it existing only on archive.org or whatever archiving software. That's super interesting. Um, let me th- let me think. Because that also gets into like existence of information on the internet and temporal yeah. temporal temporality. Yeah, I, yeah, I love where that's going because it like it uses time as navigation for your website. Yeah, but, like oh, that's um, point. Yeah. to to navigate the website, you have to like use the you have to time travel like in the version. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we should poke at that some more. That's really like, interesting. Even if we're just recreating archive.org, that's still like an interesting kind of... I guess um, in practice what it would actually be is like, there's a calendar nav and like you go through the calendar and then like I guess the only stuff on the website is the stuff that has the same year. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we could restyle the website too to be like of the. I don't know if that's what you meant, but. um, Oh, that's totally that's. Yeah. To be included in that. Um. Like, actually, it'd be awesome if, like, we had a browser inside of the browser window, like a fake browser, and then we just like restyled it to look like whatever I don't know. Yeah. Whatever the most popular browser looked like at the time. So like. Chrome next year, version next year. like twenty or whatever. Dude, IE three point Yeah, Netscape Navigator. <laughs> uh, how uh how far back does it go? I don't know. Like two thousand three. Was Xanadu ever an actual browser? Xanadu? Or is that just like a idea? <laughs> oh, Project Xanadu. Um. I don't think it was a no. browser, right? It was like a hypertext, like it was like an alternative to the like uh, to hypertext yeah. to like the World Wide Web. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Xanadu, oh my God, Kentucky Route Zero, Part Five, Act Five. Okay, I need to still watch it. <laughs> oh my God, Eric. Like, no rush, because, like, you're going to finish Act 4 and be devastated that Act 5 doesn't exist, so, like, I actually kind of envy you right now, because you're not, like... Played any of it? Yeah. (laughs) You're not in pain that Act 5 still doesn't exist. I should play that. I really should. I think I have it, too. I don't know, somewhere. Yeah. Um... 
Um, yeah, I guess, like, just um, going off that point, like, what you were saying before, like, it's also, like, important, like, conceptual, like, conceptually that there's a clear model of how the website works, like, mm-hmm. even if it is, like, you were, like, basically, like, a website of a calendar view, plus, like, that would, like, you would click and see a, that's just, like, a blog, right? Mm-hmm. In a way, but, like, you know, conceptually being clear about, you know, it is a calendar view, but it's, like, the concept is that it's the same page that changes over time rather than a collection of pages that are accessible at any given time. Yeah, I would actually like it if, like, when it changed from, like, 2010 to 2013, 20, or 2003 or whatever, like, yeah. it had to go through 2009, 2008, 2007, 2006. Like, you know, like, it could go through it kind of fast, but, mm-hmm. like, like we were talking about machine learning and fades instead of jumps, like, we'd mm-hmm. have to, like, kind of fade to, like, show the, like, progression through the time. Like, yeah, can't just skip time. I think that'd be cool. Actually, I mean, we we don't even have to do a calendar because, like, actually, calendars suck. Um, for like, especially if you only care about the year. Um, like, yeah. Uh, I brought up Chrono Trigger earlier. Um, I don't know if you've ever played it, but it's like a SNES RPG. Uh-huh. It's like it's super influential. I really like this game. It's it's really grindy, but so are all RPGs. But um. It's got time travel in it, and the interface for time travel is, like, a dial that you just turn. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So, like, we could even, like, make this... I mean, okay, I hate scroll jacking, but, like, we can make scrolling up and down uh, mm. be the time travel <laughs> interaction. I don't know, I'm just spitballing, but... Yeah. Like... Was... Can you I've imagine? Always, like, I've always also wanted to recreate the time machine interface... In a browser. Oh, which time? What time machine? Like the, built, the iOS, the macOS built-in time machine interface with the Galaxy. Oh. Um, where you know you're going backwards, <laughs> and it's like you, the Finder, the Finder window is the thing yeah. that's going backwards and forwards in time. Oh my God! Let's do that. Yeah, that's actually that's great because it's kind of the like. Um, I hate saying his name, but like John Mida's Continuum Clock, like in the, I think it was mm. part of his reactive books. You know what I'm talking about? Um, Here, let me, I found a picture of it. It's the extrusion idea. It's like your 3D printed minute. Um, we can extrude Fia's website over time. And then 3D print it. Yeah. Oh my god, let's 3D print her website, obviously. Alright. But then, you know what's that's interesting? Yeah. Is that, sure. like, you know. Yeah, sorry. sorry. It, like. But it is, like. Sorry, it was, like. 3D printing, but in a book format. Because then now you're able to, if it's just one page, right, then yeah. each page is a previous iteration of the same page. So you can actually just, 
like you can actually just make a book that would be a 3D printed a version of the website just one page. Yeah, totally. We should show her the I Am Jonathan song site, I think, tomorrow. Um, Get there again? It's iam.jonathansong.com. Because of the revision history thing. Mm. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, we should do that for sure. <laughs> I really like where this is going, though. Let's do some wacky time travel. Wow, I'm really glad this website exists, too. Yeah, I appreciate it a lot more now than I did back then. Like, I can't really see, like, my side of the table, but... You can, you can pan the, uh... Yeah, but, or, like, it's being blocked it. by a column, but, like, it still, like, captures, like, what's, what's going on. At that time, quite well. Oh, wow, this is really. It was really great, actually. Yeah. I'm glad that this exists. <laughs> yeah, me too. Wow, this makes me miss the fourth floor and also Oxford. Yeah. Why the hell is that pumpkin in the... The fish tank? Oh, <laughs> dude, that pumpkin rotted through. That's disgusting. Like, completely rotted through in the fish tank, and we just had to... Oh, yeah, you can... if you jump to um, April 5th, 2017... Yeah. On Drew's side. Oh, dude... <laughs> I love how it's next to the orange, though. I know. It's, it's basically a big version of the orange. Yeah. I'm so glad that, uh, like, that orange just stayed there. And yeah, Drew, I Drew even, like, packed it away, though. He totally could have killed that project, and I would have forgotten that I did it. Yeah. But... And then it was in your show. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I really never thought that was going to happen when I put that orange down. <laughs> I'm actually really, uh, I now want to, like, keep doing this, or I just archive my studio space a little. I don't really have a studio space, but. Yeah, well, I guess it's your desk, like, your side desk. I like that, yeah. I got a cutting mat for my C-Sale desk, so it really is my studio now. Oh, nice. I might, I'm gonna start, um, Princeton on Tuesday, so I'm gonna see if Martha can give me a studio space, or an office space that does a studio. Are you working, or are you just going down there? I'm working for Princeton on Tuesday. Oh, great. So it's, uh, it's settled? More, almost. It's getting closer to settled, but it's basically gonna happen. Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah, no. Yeah, that makes it, that makes the math work out.
Yeah. Uh, between that and working for David, I don't have to freelance unless I want to now. Yeah. I feel like you could... I mean, I feel like probably what's going to end up happening is uh, you're going to take over one of the graphic design classrooms when it's not being used. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like our extra studio last year. Yeah. And that's... Our overflow studio. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I don't know what to expect, but it'll be interesting. <laughs> I actually have a job. It'll That's be interesting. Cool. Dynamic. Changing dynamic. I mean, you'll probably just be fixing the printers and like helping with installs, which is stuff you liked doing anyway, I guess. So. No, it's like... It's not that actually. It's oh, um, really? I actually <laughs> had to write my. <coughs> you okay, there, bud? That's fine. This is fine. Residual sickness. That yeah. Is probably not helping that we just spent an hour talking. Uh, um, I still need to like write some stuff before shit. tomorrow. Okay, then let's. Let me just finish telling you about this, and then we should wrap up. <laughs> okay. Um, and then edit whatever parts you want into it. Oh, uh, I never edit. <laughs> okay, well, I guess this is going in there. Um, there was, like, that silence when you left. Like, <laughs> or, like, I said some stuff, but... Oh, you did? I guess you'll you'll find out when you listen to Yeah, it. I guess I that gives me a reason to actually listen to one of our podcasts. <laughs> oh my god. Um I you know, Martha actually asked me to write my own job description for this role. Oh. Um but basically okay. I'm um working with <clears throat> with communications to mm-hmm. like create like a program of content and design that's supposed to like show a case and or present like the visuals program. Yeah. So it's going to be yeah. like a, it's more of a communications type of thing, but I'm hoping it gives a lot of room for open-endedness. That's good because I can totally see this as a way you kind of like advocate for some of the things that we didn't like about, um, like, like, for example, like, how Viz was kind of, like, marginal to art history. Yeah. Uh, and, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like you're going to have a lot of influence over how the rest of the school perceives Viz. Yeah, um, like, one thing that I proposed to Martha is, like, evolving the identity beyond just the logo, for example. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounded like, uh or that that sounds like a logical kind of yeah extension of your work. So that'll be that's kind of really nice, dude. That's a good like opportunity. An, anti anti isometric orthogonal. <coughs> I should call myself an orthogonal designer as my job description job title. Yeah. Or not not isometric. That's your job title. Not isometric. Yeah, I mean, it's cool, because, like, Linked by Air started out doing a lot of stuff for Yale. Um, so, it definitely is a good, like, way to do stuff. Yeah, I think it... 
I am hoping to like get them on board with doing like a quarterly publication, like a print publication, um, which I think would be fun, and then work with a student to design or like illustrate some of it would be interesting. Although there's only ever one person who's ever ever cares about design, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. Well, quarterly, semesterly, maybe. I don't know. But. Oh yeah, that makes more sense. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm excited, but <coughs> an interesting change in dynamic where Martha will be my boss. Nice. Which is weird. I would not be able to handle that. Uh, hopefully. There are high expectations. Um, I'm sure you'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be a good time. Yeah. Uh, Alright. Um, you should probably end it. For your sake. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm, I'm almost better. It was worse, like, before, now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. I, I found uh, I actually found this really productive as a way of coming up with. Um, I don't know. It's like what I like about this is that we're mixing a pro- like we're mixing a design work, design like client work, with a pro like a piece or like studio work. Sorry, your your audio uh, got choppy. Yeah. Say that again. Like what I like about what we just did was that we are, we're mixing studio work and client work in a way that's oh, productive yeah. to both. Totally. I feel like this was a really good discussion and also like a progress on the fear project, which I honestly didn't expect to happen because. Yeah. I was really worried that we were just going to be like, okay, we looked at it, it's a lot of stuff, and then we're going to go in tomorrow and, like, not have a productive conversation because, yeah. like, we're just going to, like, be wandering around in idea space like we did last time and, like, not make any progress. My biggest fear is just that, like, every conversation we have with Mia is just going to be like, look at all these great ideas, and then nothing happens. Yeah. Uh, so, no. progress. And like having the framework of an IFF, whatever, <laughs> whatever that even means, but like having that framework is like kind of nice and codifying. Totally. And pushing it so that, yeah, we try to make it somewhat interesting to our listeners. Yeah. And ourselves. Uh, <laughs> our two listeners. I know. <laughs> our one and a half listeners. Well, the thing is now it's like. <clears throat> Gonna have a bigger reach than it did before. <laughs> Why? Because uh, it's like on. Oh yeah, it's on like library stack and iTunes and like. Yeah. Oh my god, are people gonna get notifications when I post this? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, actually, maybe it won't be too bad. But yeah, we get. 
on average, like each episode gets about twenty five listens. I'm just gonna not think about that. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I'm not going to. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Food for thought. Point to ponder.